Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Behind the Rails podcast. I am your host, Travis Miller, and with me as always is Purdue legendary running back Corey Sheets, and we are here to talk about possibly Purdue's biggest win in decades. I know you had the Ohio State win three years ago at home, but Purdue knocks off number two Iowa on the road by 17 points, their first win over a top 10 team away from ross Stadium since 1974. And wow, uh, Corey, uh, just how you doing here? And what what's your initial thoughts about this one? Hey, Travis is a, uh, huh. I mean, it, it's, it's a lot to talk about. Offense did well, defense did well, David Bell did well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe David Bell was clowning people. Uh, that that guy Hankins that was on him was one of the best defensive backs in the Big Ten, and not anymore. could not hold him. <laughs> could not hold him at all. <laughs> come, come uh, I don't know what, what year he is, but uh, come combine time, they will be asking him. So, what happened that game? <laughs> <laughs> And it was just, it, it's amazing to see because Bell's just running, his routes are so crisp and so wonderful. And then uh, the the play that really stands out to me was we were up 7 nothing, and they had just missed the field goal. And he takes like a third and three crossing route, steps out of a tackle by Hankins and just goes up the sideline for 60 yards. And I don't, I don't know what it is that he sees with Iowa now, but he is over 500 yards in his career against the Hawkeyes, five touchdowns, I believe at 37, 38 receptions, just some absurd numbers. And I'm sure Iowa will declare, declare him for the NFL draft for him at this point. <laughs> hey, I wouldn't be surprised if he knows somebody over there. It, the way, the way those numbers look from the first two games and then till this game, I wouldn't be surprised. It's personal at, at this point. Like, <laughs> well, Iowa actually recruited him. I was talking to some of the Iowa blogs last week, and go. they they mentioned <laughs> that they wanted him to come to Iowa City. And I mean, who can blame you with with his talent and everything? I, I totally understand the sentiment. Every time I played them, I, I tried to torture. Every time. <laughs> so if that's the connection, David Bell, my hat goes off to you. Hey, y'all, we got to take a break right now to pay for some stuff, so we will be right back after this ad. The Behind the Rails podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Yes, we're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Yes, we know that it's the middle of football season here for Purdue, but we're really, really excited for the men's basketball team and their number seven ranking to start the year, and the women's basketball program to get back underway with Katie Geralds. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. 
Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-50, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. I think I think one of the things that stands out about this is now Brahms four and one against Iowa, and in all five games, even the one that we lost, Purdue has had a receiver just go absolutely nuts on him, and Brahm has just figured out something with their secondary. Uh, it looks like they play. I mean, it's a it's a defense that works extremely well against a lot of other teams, but for some reason, Purdue knows how to find the gaps in that zone and exploit them. And then when you give somebody like David Bell and the talent that he has exploiting those gaps, you're going to see somebody go off for 240 yards. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. This is my first time actually watching Iowa play like full on. They're not the number two team in the country. I'm sorry, but. <laughs> Whew. They're supremely overrated. And that's what Purdue did. There there was a path that Purdue needed to take for a win. They needed to not turn the ball over. Check. You know, the one turnover was the fumble out of bounds of the goal line, which is the stupidest rule in all of sports. Because <laughs> anywhere else on the field you fumble and it goes out of bounds, it goes back to where you fumbled. Now if it touched that low, now if it touched that low line. <laughs> <laughs> but, so that's the one turnover. They needed to get ahead and dare the Iowa offense to play catch up. Boom. They did that. And then they just exposed Iowa for what they are. They, they want you to punt the ball back to them and then they want to intercept the ball so they don't have to go as far. And it didn't work for them on Saturday. I, you know, I was a lot more nervous in the moment, but once, I mean, we out Iowa Iowa in the second half, we played keep away. And when you have two of those three drives in points and the third one almost ended in points i think it was with like five minutes left iowa had had the ball five minutes in the second half and they were down three scores i mean i don't remember seeing that offense too much to be honest with you i remember the defense but <laughs> like you said they, they wasn't on the field at all I mean, great that purdue was able to stay on the field and run the ball and make conversions on third and whatever and that's something good to see, and that's something you can build on. Absolutely. Um, I'm looking at Iowa's second-half drives here. First drive, four plays, punt, so they got one first down. Second drive, and this one was critical. It was after Purdue had gone to the goal line, they fumbled it, and Iowa took over at the 20. Purdue goes sack, sack, incompletion, and forced them off the field on a three and out. That was pretty distinct. That was That was a huge, huge drive. Then – Purdue followed it. Good field position, 46 yards for a touchdown. They they gave up the big kick return, and that was one of those, okay, you're up 17, but this is a momentum play. They can get it back. They got down to the 19, and Iowa runs into the line twice on quarterback sneaks from third, third, and, or third and two and then fourth and one. And that was kind of the moment where Purdue stopped them. They took over at the Purdue 19 after a big return, and Purdue stuffed them. And you're like, oh, I think we might get get this. 
And then Purdue just ran the clock down. It was only an eight-play drive. They, they somehow took five minutes off the clock on eight plays. <laughs> How do you do that? You move very slow. It was this thing back when you were – I mean, I know they still do it now because it's a, a ploy, and you see people picking people up all the time. But uh, if you're on offense, somebody tackle you, and you need to run the clock out, just take a long time to get up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and, you, and you see some of that, and that's that's great coaching, and that's great player IQ. Just and it's great to see that that our players were thinking about things like that. <laughs> but yeah, take forever to get up. I'm looking at the time between plays here. Uh, forty. It looks like uh, forty seconds. Uh, about thirty five, thirty seven seconds, forty three seconds. <laughs> there, there was a thing when I uh, when I played. I never try to get up by myself. I always need to help. <laughs> oh, when you're lead, when you're tr- when you're leading, you're like, oh, oh okay. I need oh, two guys want to come over here and help me out. Nah, yeah, I need three. I need three. I need two. One on each hand, and then somebody pick me up from behind. Like, <laughs> I need all all the help in the world. We, we got to take this time to get up. Like, like yeah, like, that's why they love giving me the ball in the third, fourth quarter. Like, I know how to milk the clock, and, and that's what Purdue did, and it was amazing to see. Like. The second half, to me, in my opinion, went by super fast. It re- it really did because they they were just they out they out Iowa Iowa. Um, I I like what Spencer Hall has uh, said from uh, EDSBS and the shutdown forecast. He says Iowa's offense moves at a geologic pace, <laughs> so just really slow, <laughs> and they are not built to catch up, and that's. It's just a joy that we were able to do that, especially when there were some mistakes in the in the special teams game that gave them some really good opportunities, even late. I believe they only scored points on one of five trips into the red zone, and that's also credit to the defense, too, for not giving anything up and allowing them to get any momentum going. I mean, the defense must have saw – there was a lot of leaks in the dam. And, and it was like they were just taking turns, like, hey, you're going to go off this. You, who got the double team? If you got the double team, then, then I'm going to get the sack. If you got the double team, then I'm going to get the sack. And it was really like they were just out there communicating like that. And it was beautiful to see. And they get they get rewarded with three interceptions in the last four minutes. And, you know, they, they may not be, you know, game-changing plays because we're up three scores at the time, but – it's good to see just, all right, let's pad them stats. Let's get some picks right now. We'll get the ball back. Oh, you guys, offense, you're just going to run the more clock out? Fine, whatever. We'll we'll just pick them off again in the next play. So that's fine. Hey, the next <laughs> team, when they study in us, they don't see three sacks in the last two minutes or three minutes. They see three sacks, three interceptions, or whatever it may be. <laughs> right. So they're worried. That's all that matters. We don't, we don't care about when they come as long as they come. <laughs> right. And – the one interception there's one interception that really made a huge difference and that was the one off the tip pass on their opening drive because they hit a play for 38 yards on their first play from scrimmage and then three plays later on third down you get a ball tipped up in the air and it's the old tip drill linebacker just hauls it in runs a few yards falls down i mean purdue didn't score off that but you set the tone early and you you eliminated a chance for them to score especially with as much as their offense struggles, you turned them over when they were getting pretty close to a score. I said, I know they didn't get any points off of that. I feel like that tip drill interception, it caused uh, a lot of doubt in the quarterback's mind. 
because we feel like he's mm-hmm. starting to play a little bit differently after that. He's more tentative and hesitant on his throws, and they felt like he needed the, the perfect window in order to make the throw. And I think I think another critical thing was they did the Madden on him. They did the NCAA 14 on him. <laughs> they score right before the half, and they use halftime as a defensive stop, knowing you're going to get the ball because you score with like 20 seconds to go before the half, and then you go down and score again. So it was like back-to-back possessions. I could not believe they took a knee. Like they didn't even attempt to like even throw it downfield. That was crazy to me. What the hell? I was like, "Are you serious?" So everybody was thinking the same thing. Like, what? Like, what? The, what the hell is going on? Like, <laughs> I know the announcer was just like, "They're not even gonna attempt the hell Mary at least." Like, what's up? <laughs> you you don't have a quarterback that can throw up fifty yards. What are the What are the chances Purdue's gonna pick that off and run it all the way back? I I don't I don't know what. Coach Ferris was thinking at that point, to be honest with you, because that's, that's like, what the hell would it? You're supposed to be the number two team in the country. Like, that shouldn't be a no-brainer. <laughs> and, and I know Iowa fans are frustrated, but that's a prime example. Ferris does not take risks, and Brom knows it. And at this point, it's just – Brom knows he's not going to take any risks. He knows he's not going to make any adjustments or anything. He's just going to try and do everything. So Brom's like, all right, I'm going to pick at it. You don't want to cover David Bell? Fine. We'll just keep throwing him the damn ball till you do. That shit crazy. We had 11 receptions or something something stupid like that. I think it was uh, 11 for 240. Yeah, so it was 11 for 240. It's the second largest receiving day by yardage in Purdue history. It trails only Chris Daniels when I was there as a student. Chris Daniels had Drew Brees and went for 301 against uh, Michigan State and Nick Saban. And that was that was a beautiful day. I think he had 21 for 301 and three scores. Just unbelievable day. It helps when you have Drew Brees throwing you the football. But yeah, I remember. also to do it against Nick Saban was fun, too. And, and, and to, I hate Michigan State as a personal <laughs> old. But yeah. So even that makes it even better. That's it. So that's three checks off there. <laughs> well with with his last catch he passed the number the former number two was your guy Selwyn Lyman I know when he was there he had a huge day at Notre Dame I think it was like 238 and I believe was the official biggest day for a, re- a visiting receiver ever at Notre Dame Stadium oh man I remember that game vividly very vividly <laughs> <laughs> I know we lost, but Lyman had a day that day. You know what's crazy? Because of the day he had, it, somebody always got to remind me that we lost that game. Because I just remember he went off. I had a great game. I got hurt, but we still I still played. But I, I don't remember that we lost the game. And it feels like we won the game. <laughs> the, uh, the other thing that I noticed is Purdue goes with the rare three-quarterback system. And... I never expected that. I, there was actually one point on Purdue's fr- first touchdown drive. They played all three quarterbacks on three consecutive plays. And I don't know if it's something that's going to be a wrinkle going forward, but it is definitely something that had Iowa confused. Shit, it, I mean, I didn't even see it happen, to be honest with you. And if I'm not mistaken, didn't O'Connell have a different number? No, because they got confused because I think Plummer went in on one play and even the broadcasters were confused. Even I was confused because I was like, wait a minute, why is, what's Plummer doing on there? Okay, he ran that and then they put O'Connell in. And I expected to see Burton because he's more of the Russian quarterback. 
But they're, I mean, they were running them out like a line change. Also, they, was, they, were, they were just switching the quarterbacks just that fast. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> on produced on Purdue's first touchdown drive, if you look at the last three plays, it's a Burton run, it's a Plumber run, and then they bring in O'Connell for like third and long, and he just spots it up the middle, and he gets his first rushing touchdown of his career. Okay, yeah, that's that's <laughs> literally what I'm thinking about. Off, wow. They they out there switching them out like hockey. <laughs> yeah, they talk about a line change. <laughs> it worked. I mean, Plummer only threw twice and he completed one, but he had five runs for twenty yards. Burton only threw once and it was incomplete, but he had three rushes for ten yards. And I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's going to work going forward, but maybe it helped O'Connell because O'Connell was. He was might have been the best game of his career, honestly. I mean, it, it worked this weekend, but we know as real football enthusiasts, that's that's not going to continue. You can't you can't live off that three three uh, guys no. at the head. Nah. <laughs> at some point, they're going to have to make a decision on one of those players is going to have to make a decision for them who wants to be the starting guy. But it's fun to watch. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean. There, I think what made it so unique is there really wasn't a rhyme or reason to it. It's not like you – I think if it were O'Con- just O'Connell and Burton, it would be more like the, oh, O'Connell's in there, they're throwing this play. Oh, Burton's in there, they're probably running this play. But when you're throwing in Plummer, who he can run a little bit, he's not the runner Burton was, but he's also – you know, he's a decent thrower and he's done well and has plenty of experience – I think that's the wrinkle because they're just they're not quite sure what's going on. They you can't say, oh yes, Plumber's definitely going to run. Oh yes, he's definitely going to pass. I mean, what and it was really confusing. They're not even doing it during situations like it's just like second and two, they'll throw somebody else yeah. in there. First and whatever, they'll throw somebody in there. Third and whatever, th- like it's, there's no rhyme or reason to what's what's going on, which is which might be the, the, the key to the madness. <laughs> and I, I think part of it is to generate just something out of the rushing game because Dover's the one scholarship running back they had on Saturday. And, you know, he got 18 carries. He had a couple of big runs, I think, only 48 yards. But really, I think it just did they, – they were throwing something together and they were able to get just enough going, 86 yards and 33 carries. And I think that set the play action up and that opened things up for O'Connell. Plus the, the offensive line had their best game yet. Honestly, that was, it was great to see that. Yeah. Our quarterbacks wasn't running from their lives for once, which is I'm not going to say surprising, but it wasn't to be expected. If you was a betting man, you would have bet at least three to four sacks. <laughs> right. But, uh, and they only got him once. Right. So, I know. I noticed they were doing a lot more rolling the pocket too, and O'Connell was great at being to roll that pocket. And you'd have Sheffield on the on the sideline route, just or Bell or whatnot. Just the ability to convert those, especially they were converting third and longs all day on him. It was just it was real uncharacteristic, and I I just think they had the Iowa defense shook. They shook them early and got them. Not, they weren't confident at all in the second half. You know what I found a lot that was that was crazy to me. Uh, what's our tight end name? Um, Durham. 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 He was open a lot. 
he, he converted a lot of those third downs. Like, it, like why aren't y'all guarding the guy in the middle of the field? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, of all places you want to protect, the guy standing at the at the uh, flags in the middle of the field. Like, this should be a linebacker or a safe, somebody. But he like he continued to get open, and open, and open, and it was it was amazing to see. Uh, Dur- Durham had five catches, and he it was good to see him back. And he's only got produced the offense is only going to get better because he was so effective in the early games of the season. And another player that we should mention, T.J. Sheffield. You know, you talk about a guy that was getting open, getting those big first downs, eight catches, forty eight yards, and a score. Man, he's just – he's really getting better and better. He's not Rondale Moore. He's never going to be Rondale Moore. Nobody can be Rondale Moore. But it's nice to see him come in and really play well in the slot and, you know, just be a great option for whoever's back there throwing. I mean, all the receivers had a great game, no matter what quarterback was in. So it seemed like this three-headed monster with these receivers uh, is working. So uh, it's – it's scary to, to to watch and to think about like all right, this is, could be the offense, but if it's working, my mother always said, "If it ain't broke, don't fix it." <laughs> so <laughs> so we're now watch. at the official. Ha- huh? <laughs> yeah, it is fun to watch. I mean, anytime you beat the number two team on the road is fun to watch. I mean. This is one of the few times I can say this has never happened in my lifetime. This is a number two team on the road, and there's a big in-conference uh, game. Uh, he, he literally right. messed up their conference championship hopes. <laughs> and you kept your own alive. Exactly. I mean. Exactly. <laughs> like I said, first time in my lifetime, the last time that they beat a top ten team. I'm not even th- saying top five. I'm saying top ten was 1974 at Notre Dame. Oh, wow. I wasn't even born. Yeah. Not at all. <laughs> I wasn't even born. <laughs> my my dad was a Purdue student at the time. <laughs> my mother was like around 10 or 11. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So we're at the halfway point of the season, and Purdue got there at 4-2. and two which a lot of people said, okay, we need to be four and two. If we're going to really have a chance to do something here, I don't think it was the four and two we expected, but how can a win like this just turn things around for the second half where it's going to be tough. You still got some really tough opponents in Michigan state and Ohio state ahead. Nebraska is not going to be easy. Wisconsin's won 14 in a row, but what can this do? Especially since, They've now done something they haven't done since you were playing. They are in the top 25 for the first time since 2007. Hey, I seen that today, and I was like, wow. They, they, they went, okay, okay. But to be honest with you, it was like, turn what around? Or four and two. They just cracked the top 25. And they ain't nothing to turn around. We still going forward. Like, just keep doing what you're doing. Winning games. Well, I'd say turn around people. from that Minnesota game because a lot of people were disappointed in the Minnesota game, and that probably the is the hell with Minnesota. Won. We just beat Iowa. <laughs> we four and two. What's Minnesota record? <laughs> uh, I, th- I think they're I think they're three and three right now. All right, we, yeah. Why are we talking about Minnesota? We four and two. Oh, they're they're four and two. They're four and two, and they're two and one in the Big Ten West. So uh, they're in the top twenty five, are they? No, 
All right, well, again, why are we talking about Minnesota? <laughs> we t- we top twenty five. Like that's all we thinking about. Keep let's keep going forward. We ain't worried about what's behind us. Who next? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's interesting you mentioned that. We got the Wisconsin Badgers next. All right, home or away? Where we going? What we doing? <laughs> it is at home. All right, well, hey, they coming to our house. Let's do it. Hey. <laughs> I, th- this is one that I have wanted for a very long time. Wisconsin has won 14 in a row against Purdue. No one else has ever won 14 in a row against Purdue. No opponent. A lot of those games have not been close. Three years ago, the last time that they came to ross Stadium, Purdue had an excellent chance to win, but they lost 47-44 in triple overtime, mostly because there was no damn way we were stopping Jonathan Taylor. And I, I, one of the biggest things and the biggest criticisms I had of Jeff Brom in that game was Taylor's just, I mean, he is tearing us up. He is running the ball, just running the ball up our ass. Purdue scores at the end of the second overtime and they have a choice of kick it to go to a third overtime or go for two. And you got Rondale Moore on your team and Jonathan Taylor safely on the sidelines and you don't go for two. (laughs) I I don't know what coaches be thinking because as a player, you always like, man, let's go for the win and all costs, you don't you don't think they can stop you? So, I mean, I've lost a game similar to that <laughs> against Oregon. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there in the stands. I'm like, why are we doing this? Taylor can't hurt us. It's one play to win, one play to lose, and Taylor can't hurt us. And we got Rondale. Are you kidding me? We can't get two yards with Rondale. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things. It's a head scratcher. <laughs> I don't think we're going to get a better shot at ending this drought because this is not your typical Wisconsin team. They are in a bit of disarray. They beat Army this week 20-14. to 14. They've got a pretty good defense. They, I mean, Wisconsin's always got a pretty good defense, but their their offense is a mess. In, well, that sells it right there. That's, that's all you need to tell me. I'm, I'm, I'm calling this one Purdue's. With our defense, oh, I'm calling it. I'm calling this right now. With our defense, the way they playing, we got two killers up front, a couple of assassins in the back, <laughs> and we really haven't gotten a, a big, big playmaker back. He only played one play at Iowa. He's been kind of shaken up the last few weeks. I want to see Demarcus Mitchell, Demarcus Mitchell, get in. Um, you put him on the other side of the line if he's healthy from from a Karloftis, and you're you're going to have some problems up front. <laughs> I mean, we, it's a few guys that's up there making plays. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at the stats right here. You have Branson Dean had 1.5 sacks. Uh, Kydron Jenkins, two and a half tackles for loss. A lot of it is they're cleaning up stuff as Karloftis is causing just all kinds of havoc. Karloftis only had one tackle, and it was a sack, but he had three quarterback hurries, and that's just – credited quarterback hurries that we're not talking about plays where they are paying a lot of attention to him <laughs> and someone else gets free you know, so you know it's crazy and I, and I see it a lot if you beat your one-on-one you got a clean streak to the quarterback just because mm-hmm. Carlos commands so much attention beat your one-on-one you got a sack every single time yeah every single yeah. time and when they do it's pretty. You get on ESPN. Honestly. Oh, yeah. 
that's what happened on that critical drive after the fumble because Purdue's only up 10 there. They go right up middle, they sack him, and then Karloftis comes off the edge, spins around his guy, and he gets Petrus from behind and kind of flings him to the ground. And suddenly you're making you're making a poor offense try and convert a third and 21. That's not, that's not built for that. <laughs> no. At all. So. so any final thoughts you got to say about Iowa, Corey? Next. <laughs> <laughs> well this this is a great one to put in our uh in our back pocket uh this is it hasn't felt that haven't felt this good about a win in a long time probably going back to the ohio state game being able to see that number next to peru's name you look at the top 25 and peru's right there yeah we're at the bottom but we're there yeah the bottom of what that's a top it's a top 25 we ain't the bottom of nothing we're in the top there you go <laughs> <laughs> the list starts with the first 25 we make the cut <laughs> the bottom is everything below us <laughs> you, gotta learn, you gotta learn definitions of these words man come on trash <laughs> well um, I got one more before we go my son once again wanted to ask a question here uh, to end our podcast with so Dylan buddy Welcome to the show. Hey, Dylan. What are you going to ask Corey? How does it feel to be ranked? It feels like having ice cream for breakfast. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> see, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see that? You hear that, everybody? Do it again. Do it again. Whoa. <laughs> How does it feel? No, he, he wants you to do that. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, that, that sound. It feels like that. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. So, uh, yeah, I guess we'll wrap things up here. We appreciate everybody for listening. I appreciate my son, Dylan, for chiming in here. And as always, I'm Travis Miller for the Behind the Rails podcast and with me, Corey Sheets. And we will be back later this week to talk about the Wisconsin Badgers. But for now, we're going to end this thing and boiler up. BTFU. The Behind the Rails podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Please visit our sponsor, Bet Online, for the best in college sports odds. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.